Hello and welcome back to the War Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCrary, and today I am going to be recapping everything that happened in week one of the NFL season. I'm excited that the NFL is back, and I hope you enjoyed watching the first week of games. I really enjoyed it. There were a lot of great games. Week one provided us with a lot of great matchups and with a lot of crazy endings. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um, and let's start off by talking about the first game, opening night, um, which was the Buffalo Bills versus the Los Angeles Rams. So in this game, the Buffalo Bills really just dominated the Los Angeles Rams, winning 31-10 on the road. This was a very impressive performance by the Bills. They looked great both offensively and defensively. Um, but before we get into any individual performances or any, into anything else, let's go ahead and go through the play-by-play and just talk about what happened throughout the duration of the game. So, um, the Bills went ahead 10-0 early in the second quarter, um, and so they were rolling early. But uh, the Rams ended up tying it by halftime. Uh, they scored a touchdown, then they kicked the field goal to tie it 10 to 10 at the break. Um, but the second half was really just all Buffalo. The, uh, the Bills scored a touchdown in the third quarter to take a 17 to 10 lead, and then in the fourth quarter they added two more touchdowns to win. 31-10, to 10, um, and to secure the 21-point victory. So the second half, really the Bills just dominated. It was a tight game in the first half, um, and both offenses were very sloppy early in this game, but the second half was just dominated by the Bills. They took over after halftime and never looked back. Now I want to talk about some individual performances, individual performances here. Um, and starting off with Josh Allen, who was really good in this game. Um, he, he threw for 297 yards, three touchdowns, did have two interceptions, but he added 10 carries uh, for 56 yards and a touchdown, um, and he had a QBR of 91.2, which is very impressive considering he had two interceptions. To still have a QBR that high with two picks is really impressive. It shows just how good he was in this game. Stephon Diggs was really good too. Who um, He had 8 catches for 122 yards and a touchdown. He was really good. Um, and then their defense. Oh, also, before I get into their defense, Gabe Davis played pretty well in his first game as their, as their number 2 wide receiver. He had 4 catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. Um, and now we can talk about their defense, which is what I was most impressed by. Their defense was fantastic in this game. They only allowed 10 points, which is great. Um, and then they only allowed 3.7 yards per play, which is really, really good. Um, and their pass rush was just unbelievable all night long. They recorded 7 sacks, 15 quarterback hits, and their secondary performed very well too, as they recorded 3 interceptions and 6 passes defended. That is very impressive, especially considering that they did not have Tredavious White. Their star cornerback. He did not play in this game. Um, I don't know why he was out. I, I'm pretty sure he, he was um, dealing with an injury. But he did not play in this game. And they still played well. Now to be fair. Um, a lot of the interceptions they recorded. Uh, were really just um, the fault of Matthew Stafford being inaccurate. However. When they were given an opportunity to record a takeaway. They took advantage of that. So you got to give them props for that. Um. 
And I want to look at some of some of their defensive linemen um, who played really well. Starting off with Von Miller. Von Miller went nuclear in this game. He had two sacks, three tackles for loss, and two quarterback hits. He was incredible. Um, but he wasn't the only guy who played well on their defensive line. Uh, Jordan Phillips played well too. He, he had one and a half sacks, one tackle for loss, and three quarterback hits. And then Gregory Rousseau, he recorded a sack as well, also had a tackle for loss, a pass defended, and two quarterback hits. And then there were some other guys that played well. A.J. Epinesa, he had one and a half sacks, one tackle for loss, and four quarterback hits. So as you can see, they had their defensive line went off in this game. Um, and, and their pass rush was one of the more impressive parts uh, of their team. Um, against the Rams, in my opinion, I just remember watching, watching the game early on, and being so impressed by the way Von Miller played, and the way Von Miller won his reps. I mean, he won them with power, with speed, with bend. Um, he won in a variety of ways, and he did not look like he was a 33-year-old edge rusher. It looked like he was. He looked like 2012 Von Miller. Um, he, he looked incredible. He was amazing in this game, and it's great to see him play the way he did. Now let's talk about um, the Rams. Their offense was terrible. Um, just being completely honest, don't mean to be disrespectful, but their their offense was not very good in this game. And it starts with with Matthew Stafford, who threw three interceptions and took seven sacks um, for a QBR of twenty three point six. He just wasn't very good in this game. I know he's been dealing with a shoulder injury, um, but he said before the game that he was fine um, and that it, his shoulder, there wasn't any limited mobility and that he, he was good to go, but he looked really bad in this game, especially in terms of his accuracy. He was very inaccurate as a passer, and that showed. I um, mean, that's one of the main reasons why he threw three interceptions. Um, so this was not a good game for him. Um, Cam Akers only recorded three carries, which was surprising. Um, I think the reason why is because he struggled in pass protection, gave up too many pressures. I mean, and that's I think that's why he didn't play. Um, but I know the fantasy community was talking about this a lot. And if you, if you have Cam Akers on your fantasy team, I know you were very upset about his lack of carries in this game. Uh, Cooper Cup played well. He played really, really well. Had 13 receptions for 128 yards and one touchdown. Um, and he was really their only productive wide receiver. He, I mean, he, he just carried their passing attack um, in this game. Um, let's see. I wanted to, There was one guy I wanted to talk about for the Rams' uh, defense. I wanted to talk about uh, Bobby Wagner, who this was actually his debut for the Rams. Uh, he signed with the Rams in the offseason going there uh, from the Seattle Seahawks. And he had a pretty good debut. He had one sack, uh, one tackle for loss, five solo tackles, and one quarterback hit. So not a bad debut, pretty solid. Um, and Aaron Donald played pretty well, had a sack, one tackle for loss, and a quarterback hit. Um, <laughs> something I do have to talk about is Jalen Ramsey, who got cooked in this game. I don't know the stats specifically, but I know he gave up a lot of catches for a lot of yards. This just was not a very good game for him. Uh, Stephon Diggs really played well uh, when lined up against Jalen Ramsey. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about this. Uh, I, I do want to talk about 
and what this means for the Buffalo Bills moving forward. Because I was just really impressed by their performance, and this is a big game they're playing, the reigning Super Bowl champions, and they looked amazing, and they won by three touchdowns. Like, that is incredible. Um, after this game, like, I think the Bills just might be the best team in the league this year. Uh, I've been, I'm a huge fan of the Chargers this year. Like, I think they could potentially win the Super Bowl, but the Bills have the potential to have a top five offense and a top five defense. And I think their potential, both offensively and defensively, is really, really scary. And if they, if they do end up having a top five unit, both on offense and defense, I think they're probably going to win the Super Bowl. Um, and, and just think about, like, imagine how well their defense is going to play when Tredavious White comes back. Like, at that point, they may just take over the NFL. Like, they're going to be ridiculous at that point. But, yeah, I was, I was very impressed by their performance in this game, and I thought they looked excellent. Alright, now let's move on, talk about the Atlanta Falcons choking once again. I mean, what's new with this team? They always choke, they, they always blow leads. I swear they have this kind of game every year, uh, so let's get into it. So the Saints won this game, they played the Saints, um, the Saints won 27-26, to this was a crazy game. I'm a Falcons fan, by the way. Um, and to be completely honest, I was not upset about this. Um, I, to be fair, like, just to be completely honest, I'm kind of rooting against us in every single game because I want us to be as bad as humanly, as humanly possible so we can get the number one pick. Because I want a quarterback uh, or I want Will Anderson Jr. So I want one of those top guys in this year's draft. Um, and so I'm rooting for us to lose every game. So... I was not upset about this, but let's go ahead and get into uh, the play-by-play. -play. So, um, early on, the Saints went up 7-3, um, and they they left the first quarter with a 7-3 lead. And then in the second quarter, the Falcons turned it up, um, and they went on a huge run, scoring a touchdown, then kicking two field goals to go up 16-7 at the half. Um, they can they continued the roll in the third quarter. The Saints added the field goal to make the score sixteen to ten, but then the Falcons scored a touchdown to make it twenty three to ten going into the fourth quarter. Here's where things change. The Falcons kicked the field goal early in the fourth to make the score twenty six to ten, but the Saints ended up scoring seventeen unanswered points. They scored a touchdown, then they scored another touchdown to make it twenty to make it twenty six to twenty four. They were still down two points at this point, but they got one more drive and they kicked the field goal with nineteen seconds remaining in the game. Um, and the Falcons they actually ended up kicking uh, a field goal to potentially to potentially win this game, but they ended up missing and the Saints won twenty seven to twenty six. This was a crazy game. The fourth quarter was absolutely wild. Marcus Mariota ended up fumbling the ball at one point while the Falcons were ahead by a lot. They were ahead by, I think, I think they were up uh, 16 points at this point. And that's what really shifted the momentum to the Saints side. But yeah, this fourth quarter was remarkable. Um, Michael Thomas was ridiculous in the final quarter. Uh, he was destroying AJ Terrell, and AJ Terrell didn't even play bad. Like he was playing pretty good coverage, uh, but Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas, and he was just balling out in the fourth quarter, making these crazy contested catches on fade routes on the goal line fades. He was really, really good. 
I also have to give a shout out to Taysom Hill, who had four carries for 81 yards and one touchdown. Um, he was productive as a rusher. He was actually their, their leading rusher, despite having only four carries. Uh, Jameis Winston, he didn't... He didn't have a crazy good game, uh, but he was solid throwing, throwing for 269 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, did take four sacks, and had a QBR of 53.3. Uh, Jarvis Landry was really, really good. He recorded seven receptions for 114 yards, uh, no touchdowns, and then Michael Thomas had five catches for 57 yards and two touchdowns. Now, Michael Thomas wasn't super productive. Um, in terms of uh, his receiving yards, but um, all of this, all of his production really came in the fourth quarter, and he had two touchdowns. Um, and those two touchdowns came in the fourth quarter, and that's what really uh, pushed uh, the Saints over the top and allowed them to win this game. All right, let's talk about uh, the Saints' defense because they had some um, strong performances, and I want to talk about Pete Werner, who played really well. He had 12 solo tackles, 13 total tackles, and one tackle for loss. Um, he was actually pretty good, um, and I think he had one of the best games this week in terms of in terms of solo tackles. Um, so shout out to him. Um, and then Cameron Jordan, he had five solo tackles and one tackle for a loss. I'm trying to see did anybody else play well. Demario Davis had a quarterback hit. Uh, nobody else played uh, too uh, well for them. Uh, and let's talk about the Falcons, because they had some some nice performances individually. Uh, Marcus Mariota was okay in this game, had 215 passing yards, no no passing touchdowns, no interceptions, but he was very productive as a rusher. He had 12 carries for 72 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then Corderell Patterson went off. He had 22 carries for 120 yards and one touchdown. And he also added three catches for 16 yards. Drake London, the rookie, played pretty well in this game, especially in the fourth quarter. He had five catches for 74 yards, no touchdowns, um, but he was so productive in that final quarter. Uh, he was really good. And then defensively, the Falcons were pretty good in terms of their pass rush. They had four sacks, eight quarterback hits. Grady Jarrett had one and a half sacks, one tackle for loss, and two quarterback hits. He was really, really good in this game. Um, Arnold Abiketti, the rookie, had one sack, one tackle for loss, and one quarterback hit. Um, so shout out to him. I also got to talk about Michael Walker. I believe that's his name, right? Let me look. Yeah, Michael Walker. Um, he had one sack, two tackles for loss, and one quarterback hit. He was really good. And then Richie Grant, the second-year player, had five solo tackles, one pass defended, and one quarterback hit. Um, so shout out to him, but yeah, this was a crazy game, um, <laughs> crazy comeback for the Falcons, what a wild game, and the Saints uh, opened up the season 1-0, and I was really uh, disappointed by the way their offense played early in this game, but they came back and ended up winning this game after being down 16 points in the second half, so shout out to them, huge win for the Saints. Alright, let's move on and talk about the Steelers-Bengals game. This was a wild game that went into overtime, and I, I one thing I want to talk about in this game is how how badly Joe Burrow struggled. He struggled mightily versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, but before we get into the way he played, I want to talk about, uh, let's get into what happened in this game. So, 
The Steelers, uh, they opened up this game with a touchdown from Minka Fitzpatrick, who returned an interception, 31 yards for the touchdown. Um, and then the, the Bengals responded with a field goal. Um, and then the Steelers answered with a field goal to make the score 10-3 to after the first quarter. Uh, then the Bengals opened up the second quarter with a touchdown to go up 17-3. to The Bengals ended up scoring a field goal in the final minute to make the score 17-6 to at the half. Not a lot of action uh, happened in the third quarter. Uh, the Bengals did score a touchdown to make the score 17-14. to um, And then in the fourth quarter, the Steelers uh, kicked the field goal early to make the score 20-14. to And then when... <clears throat> wow. And then with two seconds remaining in the game, the Bengals scored a touchdown. However, the PAT was blocked by Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, and that would have won the game. But uh, the PAT was blocked, so the game went into overtime. Um, and then in overtime, not a lot happened. T- both teams traded punts and field goals. Um, and the Steelers ended up kicking a field goal, a 53-yard field goal as time expired, to win this game 23-20. to All right. For the Steelers, man, this was not a great game for them. Honestly, they didn't really play super well. Uh, Mitch Trubisky had 194 yards, one touchdown, no picks, and QBR of 48. Um, Nobody was really good at rushing the ball for them. Um, Their rushing attack netted just 75 yards and no touchdowns. Pat Fryermuth was actually pretty productive. He had five receptions for 75 yards, no touchdowns, but he was pretty good. Um... Defensively for them, Minka Fitzpatrick was awesome. He had 10 solo tackles, one pass defended, um, he had one touchdown, he had that pick six, and then he had that blocked PAT at the end to send the game into overtime. He was incredible in this game. Um, Alex Highsmith was amazing. He had six solo tackles, three sacks, two tackles for loss, and four quarterback hits. He was amazing. Um, TJ Watt was incredible too. He had uh, six solo tackles, one sack, three tackles for loss, two passes defended, and one quarterback hit. He was remarkable in this game. Um, let me look at this guy's name. Robert Smilan. Smilan. Robert Smilan had one sack, one quarterback hit, um, and then somebody else had a strong performance. Um, Cameron Hayward, he had one sack, one tackle for loss, and three quarterback hits. He was really good in this game. Um, and then, um, who is it? I'm thinking of another game. My bad. I was, I was looking for Bud Dupree, but he didn't play for the Steelers anymore. Um, the Steelers defense was incredible in this game. They had seven sacks, 11 quarterback hits. That's incredible production. And they had four interceptions, which is wild. Uh, <laughs> their defense balled out in this game. And that's really the reason why they won this game. And that leads me to talking about Joe Burrow, who just did not look very good in this game. He had 300, 338 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, but four interceptions and seven sacks for a QBR of 42.1. He was not good in this game whatsoever. Turned the ball over a lot. Um, took a ton of sacks. And he, ju- he just can't do that. He's too good for that. Um, he's got to clean that up moving forward. Now, Joe Mixon had 27 carries, 82 rushing yards. He, w- he was solid in this game. Also added seven catches for 63 yards. Jamar Chase was remarkable in this game. 
He had 10 receptions for 129, 129 yards and one touchdown. He had 16 targets. That is remarkable. Ah, sorry. I had to get a, a drink. My, my throat was getting a little bit dry. Um, Jamar Chase's usage in this game was crazy. And I think the reason why it was as good as it was is because T. Higgins uh, ended up getting hurt in this game, and he had to uh, he had to he did not return. Um, I believe he had a concussion. I believe so. Let me actually look at that because I don't want to say that and be incorrect. Let me look. T. Higgins injury. Here we go. So um, yeah, so he he did suffer a concussion. I was right, um, and and that's why he ended up leaving the game. Um, so he left the game in the second quarter, and Jamar Chase just dominated dominated after that. Uh, had a strong second half of the game. Um, defensively, did I have anybody that played well? Uh, not not particularly. Uh, Brian Hill had a sack and a tackle for loss. Um, Jermaine Pratt had one tackle for loss, one pass defended. Uh, Mike Hilton had a quarterback hit. Nobody really bought out for for the Bengals on defense. Um, they had a sack, five quarterback hits. Uh, they did have four tackles for loss, which is good. Uh, but nobody really just played extremely well for them. Logan Wilson did have sol- six solo tackles uh, and a pass defended. So that's nice. But yeah, the Bengals offense just wasn't very good. Was just really, really bad. Only scoring 20 points. And turning the ball over five times. Like, the fact that they didn't lose by more than three points is kind of remarkable. And shows just how bad the Steelers were in this game. Uh, That shows just how bad the Steelers' offense was. Um, The the Bengals actually outgained the Steelers' offense by over uh, 100 yards. Um, and they still lost because they turned the ball over five five times. So the Bengals' offense, they were just terrible in this game. They got to be better. They got to Joe Burrow specifically has to be better, and he he has to protect the football better than he did in this game. He can't have that many turnovers moving forward. But shout out to the Steelers getting a big win on the road, a big division win. That's huge for them to start off the season. All right, now let's move on and talk. What's the next game? Ooh, yes. I want to talk about the Giants game. And man, I was super impressed by Saquon Barkley in this game. We'll talk about him in a minute. But let's go ahead and uh, talk about this game. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so early on in this game, um, the, the Titans were dominating. Uh, in the first quarter, they scored a touchdown to go up 7-zip seven, seven after the first. And in the second quarter, the Titans added two more field, two field goals uh, to go up 13-10, sorry, 13-0 at the half. Then in the third quarter, the Giants came alive. Uh, they scored a touchdown with uh, around 11 minutes remaining, um, and, but they failed the two-point conversion, making the score 13-6. They ended up scoring another touchdown, another touchdown in the third, making the score 13 to 13. They tied the score there, uh, but then the Titans ended up scoring a touchdown um, in the final three minutes of the third quarter, taking a 20 to 13 lead into the fourth quarter. Then uh, there wasn't a whole lot of action in the fourth quarter, but with one minute and six seconds remaining, the Giants scored a touchdown, um, and they went for two. Saquon Barkley converted the two point conversion. 
Um, and they went up 21 to 20. The Titans had one final drive to try and kick a field goal, and they ended up getting into field goal range, but they missed the field goal, uh, losing 21 to 20. This was a big win for the Giants and a big win for Brian Dable in his first game as the Giants head coach. Shout out to the Giants getting a big win in week one. And I got <clears throat> I gotta talk about Saquon Barkley, who was incredible in this game. He's dealt with a lot of injuries over the years, and to see him come back and have such a strong performance in this game was incredible. He had 18 carries, 164 yards, one touchdown, also added six catches for 30 yards. Um, he had seven targets, which led the team. Like, if he's going to have this kind of usage, he's probably going to be one of the best players in fantasy football this year. He was remarkable in this game, um, so shout out to him. I'm so glad to see him play very well. Um, I want to talk about Daniel Jones a little bit. He didn't play very well, had 188 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, one interception, also had five sacks for a QBR of 25.8. Not a strong performance by him. Um, Sterling Shepard played pretty well in this game. He had two receptions, 71 yards, one passing touchdown, or sorry, <laughs> one receiving touchdown, not a passing touchdown. Um, he, he, he was pretty productive. And then defensively, did anybody play super well for them? Not really. No one had a, a super strong performance. I will say, um, Austin Calitro had uh, two tackles for loss. Um, T. Uh, Tomon Tom Fox had uh, one sack, one quarterback hit. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, or sorry, Dexter Lawrence. Demar Demarcus Lawrence plays for the uh, the Cowboys. Dexter Lawrence had two quarterback hits. Um, uh, Oshane Zimes had two quarterback hits and a pass defended. Shout out to him. Um, and then uh, uh, Aaron Robinson had a pass defended. Um, that's all uh, the stats I'm going to go through for the Giants. For the Titans, man, what a disappointing loss for them. They were ahead by a lot in the first half. And then the Giants came alive in the second half. And, and, and their offense just wasn't very good after halftime. Ryan Tannehill had 266 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, one sack for a QBR of 65.3. Derrick Henry was solid, had 21 carries for 82 yards. Um, nobody was super productive for them um, in uh, as a receiver. Kyle Phillips, the rookie who was picked in the fifth round, was surprisingly productive um, and had surprisingly high usage. He had six receptions for 66 yards, no touchdowns. But um, Dontrell Hillard, um, or Hilliard, um, the running back, had three receptions for 61 yards, two receiving touchdowns. He was pretty productive as a receiver. And then Traylon Burks, the rookie, had three receptions for, fi for 55 yards, no touchdowns. And then defensively, I, they had some very strong performances defensively. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons had two sacks, two tackles for loss, and two quarterback hits. Um, and Rashad Weaver had two sacks, two tackles for loss, and two quarterback hits. Um, Bud Dupree also was pretty productive. He had a sack, a tackle for loss, and a quarterback hit. Um, and I'm looking to see if anybody else was very productive. Mm, not really. Um, not that I'm seeing, no. But this was a crazy game. Um, really wanted to focus on Saquon Barkley and how well he played. 
He was awesome, um, and, and he really carried the Giants' offense on his back. But, yeah, shout-out to the Giants. Huge win for them. Um, they start out 1-0, and and, man, what a big win for them. What a crazy comeback. All right, next up, I want to talk about the Vikings and the Packers game. And I got to talk about Justin Jefferson's um, just remarkable performance in this game and how he single-handedly destroyed the Green Bay Packers. But before I do that, let's look at the play-by-play. Uh, the Vikings won this game 23-7, to um, and, and, and they were rolling early. So, in the first quarter, they scored a touchdown with around 8 minutes remaining to go up 7 to nothing. And, and in the second quarter, they added a field goal and another touchdown to go up 17 zip. Um, and Justin Jefferson scored two touchdowns in the first half um, and, and, and to help the Vikings go up 17 to nothing at the break. Then, to open up the third quarter, the Vikings kicked the field goal with around 10 minutes remaining in the quarter to go up 20 to nothing. The Packers ended up uh, scoring a touchdown later in the quarter to make the score 20 to seven. Um, and there wasn't a whole lot of action in the fourth quarter, but the Vikings did kick a field goal to make the score 23 to seven. There was no scoring after this, and they ended up winning the game 23 to seven. Let me get a little drink here. Ah. This was a very strong performance from the Vikings, especially offensively. Um, and I'm going to talk about Justin Jefferson in a minute. But Kirk Cousins had 277 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, only one sack. He played pretty well. He was pretty efficient. Um, had a QBR of 80.7. He was very efficient as a passer, and he didn't take a whole lot of sacks. So, uh, shout out to Kirk Cousins, who played pretty well in this game. Uh, Dalvin Cook played well, too. He had 20 carries for 90 yards, no rushing touchdowns, but he also added three catches for 18 yards. Not a bad game for him. Uh, but the star of the show was Justin Jefferson, who recorded nine catches for 184 yards and two touchdowns. He cooked the Packers' defense. He was open all game. Um, the coaching staff did a great job of uh, scheming him open, and he was just awesome. Um, he had one play against um, uh, Jair Alexander where he just absolutely cooked him, created a whole bunch of separation, and that was very impressive. And honestly, I think that Justin Jefferson has a chance to have a Cooper Cup-type season this year. I think he um, he has the talent. Um, he's in an offense that's good enough um, and that relies on him enough to where he can record over 2,000 yards this year. I honestly believe that. I want to look up um, who's the Vikings' new head coach. I want to see. I forgot his name. He's he come he came from the Los Angeles Rams, and it's Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell had a great game here. Um, his offense looked fantastic. And I think because of him and how he used uh, Cooper Cup and how he used Justin Jefferson in this game, because of that and because of how successful their offense was, I think Justin Jefferson is going to have a historic season this year. Um, and Justin Jefferson has already been historically good through two seasons. I think in his third year, he's going to take that step forward and become a Randy Moss kind of player. I honestly believe that. I think Justin Jefferson has the potential to, to be an all-time great. And if this, if, if this game showed us anything, it's that he's going to be an awesome player for years to come, and I think he's in for a special season. 
Now, defensively, um, the Vikings didn't have too many too many players shine defensively. Zanarius Smith had a sack, a tackle for loss, and two quarterback hits. He was very productive, um, and Twitter was talking about, about him a lot for the way he was performing against um, his old team. Um, let me see. Uh, what's his name? Harrison Smith. Uh, he had a pass defended. Actually had an interception in this game. Shout out to him. Uh, Jordan Hicks, who I did not know was on the Vikings, had one sack and a quarterback hit. Um, Daniil Hunter also had a sack, uh, one tackle for loss, one pass defended, and a quarterback hit. He was really good in this game. Um, and then DJ Wanham had a sack, um, a tackle for loss, and a quarterback hit. Um, so their defense was great. Limited the, uh, the Packers to just seven points. Um, they had four sacks, three tackles for loss, and five quarterback hits. Uh, a very solid day for the Vikings defense. Now, moving on, talking about the Green Bay Packers. They looked rough in this game, to say the least. Um, they This was kind of like their performance against the Saints in Week 1 last year. Their offense just looked really, really bad in this game. Aaron Rodgers had just 195 passing yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, also took four sacks uh, for a QBR of 16.1. Not good for him. Not a good look. Uh, the rushing attack wasn't very good. Um, they had uh, just 111 rushing yards, and their rushing attack should be more productive than it was. Um, and then their passing attack was very bad. Uh, nobody in their receiving core had over 50 receiving yards, um, and their leading receiver was A.J. Dillon, who's not even really a receiving back, really. Um, uh, Romeo Dow, Dow, is it Dowbs or Dooms? I think it's Dowbs. Romeo Dowbs uh, had four receptions, 37 yards. Nothing special. Christian Watson had two catches for 34 yards. He had a huge drop early in this game. Um, and I believe, would that have, I can't remember if that would have tied the game or if that would have given the Packers a lead, but he had a, a wide open drop um, on a play that would have been a, an easy touchdown um, because he was covered by, um, by Patterson. Why am I forgetting his name? He's a great corner. Um, Patrick Peterson, I said Patterson, I'm, I'm dumb, I'm an idiot, uh, Pat, he was covered by Patrick Peterson, and he cooked him, he was wide open, would have been like a 70-yard touchdown, and he dropped it, um, and he didn't get too many targets after this, um, now defensively, they really struggled, they had one sack, <laughs> four tackles for loss, they did have eight quarterback hits, um, like, and so they had a couple of guys with two quarterback hits, like Kenny Clark, um, Preston Smith, let me look, Rashawn Gary, Rashawn Gary actually played pretty well, he had one sack, one tackle for loss, and two quarterback hits, I have all the Rashawn Gary stock, like, I think he's going to take a big step forward this year, I think he's going to have another breakout year, and I think people are finally going to recognize him as one of the best edge rushers, or one of the best pass rushers in the entire league, he's a stud, so it's nice to see him play well. But yeah, this was a rough game for the Packers. Hopefully they bounce back. I'm not really surprised that they struggled offensively in week one. Um, they got a lot of new receivers. A lot of the receivers in their receiving core are really young and like rookies. Like Romeo uh, Dalbs and Christian Watson were both drafted this year. Um, so I'm not really surprised to see their passing attack struggle when they're relying so heavily on so many young guys. Um, but hopefully 
they can come back from this and kind of play play better throughout the season because um, they need to if they want to win this division. Because the Vikings, they're going to be very good offensively. Uh, maybe maybe they're underrated defensively, but I think offensively the Viking the Vikings are going to be very good. They have a good quarterback. They have a great running back in Delvin Cook. They have arguably the best receiver in the NFL and Justin Jefferson. And they have a, a, a very good offensively-minded head coach who looked awesome in week one. But yeah, shout out to the Vikings. Big win for them. Big divisional win in week one. Um, and shout out to Justin Jefferson who, who was incredible in this game. Alright, we only have a few games left. I'm going to start, the next game I'm going to talk about is the Chargers-Raiders game. And man, Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers look absolutely amazing. They looked really good in this game. They ended up winning 24-19. to uh, The score was a little bit closer than it, than it actually felt throughout the game. Um, I felt like the Chargers kind of had the game in hand for most of it. Um, it wasn't like the super tight game, but it wasn't a blowout either. Let's go through it. So in the first quarter, the Chargers kicked a field goal early to take a 3-0 lead. The Raiders ended up responding with a field goal of their own to make the score 3-3 after the first quarter. But then in the second quarter, the Chargers went on a little bit of a run. They scored a touchdown with around 9.30 remaining in the second quarter to go up 10-3. And then they scored a touchdown with around 30 seconds remaining in the first half to go up 17-3 at the break. Uh, in the third quarter, the Raiders responded with a little run of their own. They scored a touchdown early to make the score 17-10. The Chargers responded with a touchdown to go up 24-10. Um, and then the Raiders scored a field goal to make it 24-13. So the Chargers, or the Raiders outscored the Chargers 10-7 in the second quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, the Chargers failed the score. But the Raiders scored a touchdown with around 4 minutes and 30 seconds remaining in the game to make the score 24-19. Um, and that touchdown made the score look, look look closer than it actually was. That's why I said the score really didn't show um, how dominant or how good the charges were in this game and the control that they had throughout the game. But, yeah, this was a, a good game um, and a strong performance from the Chargers. I got to talk about them first uh, because they won, but also because Justin Herbert had a very strong performance, throwing for 279 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, uh, also took zero sacks uh, for a QBR of 84.8. Um, he didn't really, he wasn't very productive as a rusher, but as a passer, he was really, really good in this game. I don't know why his QBR wasn't higher. I mean, he averaged 8.2 yards per pass attempt. Um, he was very productive, had three touchdowns, no picks, no sacks. I thought his QBR would be higher, but he was still very good and made some very good throws, made some very high level throws in this game. He looked awesome. Um... The, the Chargers' rushing attack wasn't very good, um, and their, and, but their passing attack was really good. Nobody uh, stood out um, in terms of their receiving yards, um, but they, had, they just had a lot of guys catch a lot of passes. Like Keenan Allen had four receptions for, six, for 66 yards. Um, Carter, uh, DeAndre Carter, uh, the wide receiver, he had three catches for 64 yards, one touchdown. Um, Gerald Effort had three receptions, 54 yards, one touchdown. 
Um, Mike Williams, did he get hurt in this game? I don't know if he got hurt in this game or not because he only had two catches for 10 yards. I know Keenan Allen um, is injured now and will not be playing on Thursday. Uh, but I wonder if Mike Williams is hurt. And defensively, now, this is what I'm really excited to talk about because the Chargers defense looked great in this game. They did give up 19 points, um, and they gave up a late touchdown, but their defense played pretty well for most of this game, um, they, and they had some strong individual performances, including Derwin James, who had six solo tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, one quarterback hit, um, and Khalil Mack, who I think was the star of the show defensively, he had five solo tackles, three sacks, three tackles for loss, and four quarterback hits. Um, Joey Bosa also played well. He had one and a half sacks, one tackle for loss, and two quarterback hits. He was really good in this game. Um, and overall, def- defensively, they were great. They had six sacks, five tackles for loss, six passes defended, um, nine quarterback hits, and three interceptions. Their defense was really bad last year one of the five worst defensive units in the entire league. But they came out, and they showed out in this game against the Raiders. They were very, very good. And if they continue to play like this, and their offense continues to roll, I think the Chargers are going to be one of the best teams in the league this year. Um, I expect their defense to step it up this year, and if it does, and if their defense is a top 15, top 10 unit in the league this year, I think the Chargers are going to be scary and a serious contender this year. All right, now let's talk about the Raiders, who really honestly didn't play super well in this game. Uh, Derek Carr had 295 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, three interceptions, also had five sacks for a QBR of just 26.9. Not a strong performance from him. Um, Josh Jacobs was okay. 10 carries for, for 57 yards, no touchdowns. But Devontae Adams, my lord, he was awesome. He had 17 targets, which is crazy. Uh, 10 receptions, 141 yards, one touchdown. He was incredible in this game. Darren Waller was also pretty good. Um, didn't have a ton of volume, only had four catches, but he had 79 receiving yards, no receiving touchdowns. Um, but the Chargers were just not very good offensively to have too many turnovers, too many sacks, um, and defensively, they were okay, um, they had some okay performances, Nate Hobbs, um, he had, uh, two tackles for loss, one pass defended, um, Max Crosby didn't have a sack, but he did have one tackle for loss and two quarterback hits. So, although he didn't get a sack, he was decently productive as a pass rusher. Um, and then Chandler Jones was solid, had a tackle for loss and a quarterback hit. Not not bad. Um, but yeah, the Raiders struggled offensively. Um, had a late touchdown to make the score closer than it was. But... Um, like the turnovers were huge. Like they they turned the ball over. They turned the ball over three times and didn't force a turnover, and that's a massive issue. Like it's hard to win in the NFL when you lose the turnover battle by that much. But shout out to the Chargers. Justin Herbert looked awesome. Their defense looked incredible, and I think their defense is going to be very good this year. Um, and like I said earlier, if that's the case, they're a serious contender in my opinion. All right, let's see. Uh, next game I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about the Chiefs beating the Cardinals 44-21, to and man, Patrick Mahomes, 
He's ridiculous. And in this game, he proved that he is still the best quarterback in the National Football League. He was incredible. So let's go ahead and get into it. Let me find the game. Um, and, the, and the Chiefs were dominant in this game. Um, and that started early. In the first quarter, they scored two touchdowns to go up 14-0 after the opening quarter. Um, and the Cardinals finally responded early in the second quarter with a touchdown to make the score 14-7, but the Chiefs were not done. They scored a touchdown to make the score 20-7, and then they kicked a field goal to make the score 23-7 at the half. And then in the third quarter, they continued to roll. They scored two touchdowns in the third to make the score 37-7. They were dominating. And then in the fourth quarter, uh, the Cardinals did score two touchdowns, uh, but the game was out of reach at this point. Uh, the the Chiefs also scored another touchdown, um, and, and this made the score 44-21, um, and the Chiefs ended up winning 44-21, uh, to 21, winning by 23 points. They were dominant in this game. They, they just, like, flat out destroyed uh, the Arizona Cardinals, and man, their passing attack looked, looked really, really strong. Patrick Mahomes had 360 passing yards, five passing touchdowns, zero interceptions, zero sacks uh, for a QBR of 94.1. That is just about the best game you can have. Having that kind of productivity uh, without turning the ball over and without taking a sack, that's very impressive. I don't really know why his QBR wasn't higher. Um... I mean, I know he wasn't super productive as a rusher, but still, like, the passing efficiency was insane. He did have a passer rating of 144.2, which is pretty crazy, and I believe uh, that led the NFL um, in week one, but he was ridiculous. I gotta give a little bit of a shout-out to uh, Isaiah Pacheco, um, the rookie, run- I believe he's the rookie running back. Played really well, had 12 carries for 62 yards, one rushing touchdown. A lot of his production came um, at the end of the game when the Chiefs were destroying the Cardinals, but still, um, he, he, he was really good when he played. Travis Kelsey was awesome. He had eight receptions, 121 yards, one touchdown. Juju Smith-Schuster also had six catches, 79 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was uh, somewhat productive as a receiver. He had three receptions for 32 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Uh, not bad. Um, I was really impressed by the way the Chiefs' uh, passing attack looked in this game. Uh, they played pretty well, um, despite losing Tyreek Hill. And I think the fact that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense was this good through the air, despite losing one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, is very impressive and further proves that Patrick Mahomes is on a different level than everyone else. Um, I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL, and I think he proved it in this game. He's awesome, and I think the Chiefs' offense is going to look really good. I, I had questions about their, their passing attack and what it would look like this year, um, but they didn't, they didn't miss a beat. They looked great in this game. Um, maybe the Cardinals just don't have a good defense this year, but still, to score 44 points in the NFL game is very impressive, no matter who you do it against. So shout out to the Chiefs' offense. Um, let's look at their defense. Did anybody play super well for them? Um, Wharton, Trishon Wharton was pretty good. He had one sack, one tackle for loss, two quarterback hits. Um, 
Christian Dunlap had one sack, one tackle for loss, one quarterback hit. Uh, Ladarius Sneed, um, is that how you say his name? I don't want to, yeah, Ladarius Sneed had one, uh, one sack, one tackle for loss, one pass defended, and two quarterback hits. Shout out to him. Uh, no interceptions for them, uh, but a pretty solid day defensively for them. Uh, and considering, and that was a pretty good day for them considering they held the Cardinals to, uh, Seven points, three and three quarters. And that leads to, to me talking about the Cardinals, who really struggled in this game. Uh, Kyler Murray had just 193 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, also took two sacks for a QBR of 52.9. He was very productive as a rusher. Um, relatively productive. Had five carries for 29 yards. Um, not having any interceptions. Uh, kept his QBR high, but he, he wasn't very productive and wasn't super efficient in this game. Um, and the Cardinals' rushing attack wasn't great, wasn't anything special. Uh, I do have to give a shout-out to Greg Dortch, the wide receiver, um, who played pretty well in this game. Had seven receptions for 63 yards, zero touchdowns. And then defensively for them, um, Zayvon Collins had four solo tackles, two tackles for loss, um, and nobody else really played very well for them. They had, as a team, they had zero sacks, just two tackles for loss. Um, they did have six quarterback hits. Um, Zach Allen had two quarterback hits, and Marquise Golden had two, two, two quarterback hits. Um, but other than that, nobody was very productive for them. Um, and this was a pretty bad performance defensively from the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so yeah, shout out to the Chiefs, and they looked awesome, and they looked like one of the best teams in the NFL. All right, let's move on, talk about the Cowboys. I only, ha- I only have two games left, but I want to talk, talk about the Cowboys, and man, what a rough game for them against the Buccaneers on Sunday night. Um, they really struggled. Um, the, the Buccaneers beat the Cowboys 19-3, to and this was a, a, a really rough game offensively for, for both teams. Uh, in the first quarter, the Cowboys got started with a field goal to go up 3-0 early. Um, and then the Buccaneers responded with two field goals throughout the first quarter to take a 6-3 lead um, after the opening quarter. And then in the second quarter, um, the Buccaneers uh, scored two field goals to go up 12-3 at the half. No touchdowns were scored in the first half. Um, and then in the third quarter, the Buccaneers scored a touchdown with around three minutes remaining uh, to score or to make the score 19 to three. And then nothing else happened after this. Um, neither team scored another point, and the Buccaneers ended up winning 19 to three. So not a very productive game for either team's offense. But I'll talk about the Buccaneers' offense. Um, Tom Brady was, eh. In this game, had 212 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception, two sacks, uh, for a QBR of 53.4. Um, Leonard Fournette was awesome. He had 21 carries for 127 yards, no rushing touchdowns, um, but he was super productive on the ground. Um, and then um, in terms of receiving, Mike Evans was decent, had five receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown. Julio Jones had a really good uh, debut for the Buccaneers. He recorded three catches for 69 yards, uh, nice, and uh, but zero touchdowns. But still, um, he was pretty productive in his first game with the Buccaneers. And then defensively, 
Um, Devin White was out of his mind in this game. He had seven solo tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, one pass defended, and two quarterback hits. He was incredible. Um, and then um, Anthony Nelson, he was pretty good. He had one sack, one tackle for loss, one quarterback hit. Vita Vea was good as well. He had one sack, one tackle for loss, and two quarterback hits. Um, and as a team, uh, the Buccaneers were very productive um, in terms of their secondary. They had six passes defended, um, and Antoine Winfield had an interception. And their defense was just really good all, all day, or all game, um, holding the Cowboys to just three points. And that leaves me... Uh, to the Cowboys' offense, which was really, really bad in this game. They were just honestly terrible. Uh, Dak Prescott in the passing attack really struggled. Prescott in this game had just 134 passing yards, zero passing touchdowns, one interception, also had two sacks for a QBR of 15.3. Not very good. Uh, their, their rushing attack wasn't good. Recorded less than 100 rushing yards which is not good when you have Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Um, and their passing offense was awful. Uh, Noah Brown, he was okay, had five receptions for 68 yards. And Dalton Schultz had seven catches for 62 yards. But one player I was really disappointed by in this game was CeeDee Lamb, who had 11 targets but caught just two passes for 29 yards and zero touchdowns. Wow, what a terrible game for him. Like, I thought he was going to be great this year, considering he's the wide receiver one now, and what should be at least a decent passing offense. But he did not look good in this game whatsoever. He just wasn't very productive. He did get the target share that you'd like to see from him, but he didn't really do anything with it. Um, And he got outproduced by Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz, which is very disappointing. Um... And then, I gotta talk about Dak Prescott's injury. He hurt his hand at one point in this game. Hit his hand, I believe, on somebody... Was it somebody else's helmet? Um, he, he injured his hand in this game. And it looks like he's going to be out. Um, what did the report say? Six to eight weeks. Um, though, I saw on Twitter the other day that he could return sooner because the surgery was a, was a success. And apparently, he's a fast healer. I don't know how accurate that is. Uh, but like I said, the initial report said that he'll be out six to eight weeks. But, you know, hopefully um, he heals up soon and returns sooner. Um, but their their offense, if it's struggling in this game with Dak Prescott, it's probably going to look even worse without Dak Prescott at the helm. Um, but I do want to talk about their defense. Um, and I want to talk about Micah Parsons, who, man, his, his uh, legendary performance last year Carried over to this year because he was awesome in this game, recording two sacks, two tackles for loss, and two quarterback hits. Uh, he he was awesome last year, and he remains awesome. He was really good in this game. Um, also, going to give a shout out to Osa. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his wa- his last name, but Osa, the defensive tackle, played really well. Had two tackles for loss. Um, he was very productive. And then, was anybody else productive? Trevon Diggs had two passes defended. Um, did have an interfe- interception, but um, Donovan Wilson did have a pick. Um, and as a team, they had three passes defended. Also had six, six tackles for loss as a team, which is pretty good. Um, so, 
Um, their defense wasn't bad. They only allowed 19 points. They had an interception. Micah Parsons was great. They had six tackles for loss. But their offense was just not very good in this game. And it really struggled. And that shows up in the box score. And the fact that they only scored three points. Um, but hope I, I, I don't know what their, the, the outlook for the season is for the Cowboys. Their offense is probably going to struggle a lot um, without Dak Prescott. But hopefully, um, hopefully Dak Prescott returns soon and he plays well. Um, so let's go ahead and close out this podcast talking about the Broncos and the Seahawks game. This was a wild game on Monday night, um, and the Seahawks ended up winning 17-16 at home. Um, and I'm going to talk about Nathaniel Hackett um, in this podcast, but let's go ahead and dive into this game. So to open up the game, the Seahawks scored a touchdown with around 11 and a half minutes remaining in the first quarter to go up 7 nothing. Um, and then the Broncos responded with around seven minutes remaining with a field goal to make the score seven to three after the first quarter. Then in the second quarter, uh, to open things up with around seven and a half minutes remaining, the Seahawks kicked the field goal to make the score ten to three. The Cowboys ended up responding with a touchdown to tie the game at ten to ten. But then the Seahawks uh, responded with a touchdown with around two and a half minutes remaining in the, in the first half to go up 17 to 10. And the Broncos kicked a field goal as time expired in the first half to make the score 17 to 13. There wasn't a whole lot of action um, in the second half, um, but the Broncos scored a, a field goal with around six minutes and 13 minutes remaining in the in the final quarter to go up um, or to make the score 17 to 16. And nothing else happened. Uh, the Seahawks kept this lead for the rest of the game. Um, a lot of other things happened in this game that I'll talk about. Uh, the Broncos, they fumbled twice on the goal line. Um, and the Seahawks were just pretty efficient passing-wise. Um, the Seahawks weren't very good in this game. But those two fumbles on the goal line killed the Broncos. Um, and took away two huge scoring opportunities from them. Um, and that's really why they lost in this game. Um, at the end of this game, they had a chance to, to kick a field goal. And they, they kicked a 64-yard field goal to try and win the game. They missed it. But right before that, um, they, they, on that play, they had a fourth and five. And when they lined up for the play, they had a, around a minute remaining in the game. But for whatever reason, Nathaniel Hackett, their new head coach, decided that they were going to run the clock and try a 64-yard field goal. Now, mind you, a 64-yard field goal would be one of the longest field goals in the history of the sport. I'm not kidding. And he elected to do that and go for that rather than let Russell Wilson and that offense go for it on fourth down and try to get an easier field goal. Um, I, I, I kind of understand what he was doing, but like, I would have gone for it. Like A 64-yard field goal is just unlikely to go through um, no matter who you have at, at, at kicker. Um, so the fact that he willingly attempted a, a 64-yard field goal is mind-boggling to me. Uh, but I do, I do want to give him some grace. They never would have been in that position had Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams not fumbled on the goal line. So I do want to give him some grace there. But still, that was a bad coaching decision, and Twitter let him hear it. Like He, he was getting killed on Twitter, and honestly, rightfully so. Um, that was a bad decision, in my opinion. 
But let's go ahead and talk about the Seahawks. Um, big win for them. And uh, what a performance from Geno Smith. He wasn't anything special, but um, he was rather efficient, completing 23 of 28 passes for 195 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Also had uh, two sacks for a QBR of 69.1. Not bad. Um, Rashad Penny was all right, had uh, 12 carries for 60 yards. Um, their passing attack wasn't super productive. No one really stood out um, in terms of the receiving. But Cody Parkinson had uh, two catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. And Will Disley had three catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. Uh, both the tight ends were rather productive. Uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett weren't very productive in this game, which honestly isn't that surprising. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting big things from them in this offense. Um, but I do want to talk about some of their guys on defense, including um, Cody Martin, who had one sack, um, two tackles for loss, one quarterback hit, also had eight, eight solo tackles. He was great in this game, um, as was... Yuchina and Wosu, who had one sack, one one tackle for loss, one pass defended, and two quarterback hits. He was really good. Um, And then Malik Jackson, or sorry, not Malik, Mike Jackson, had one tackle for loss, uh, one pass defended. Not bad. Um, Did it have any interceptions? No, they did not. They didn't have any, any interceptions, but. Their defense did force, uh, like I talked about earlier, their defense did force two huge fumbles on the goal line to prevent the Broncos from scoring. And when you look at the team stats, like honestly, the Broncos should have won this game by double digits. They had 433 total yards of offense compared to the Seahawks, who had just 253 total yards of offense. Um... And they, the Broncos did turn the ball over twice, um, but so did the, the Seahawks also score, uh, turn the ball over one time. Um, I will say the Broncos did have an issue with penalties. Um, they had 12 penalties for 160 yards, but their offense was so much better than the Seahawks' offense. Um, and if they would have turned those two fumbles into points, they would have won this game by double digits. Um, so they were better than the Seahawks in this game, but... Uh, things happened. They fumbled the ball twice and had some bad coaching decisions at the end of the game um, that allowed the Seahawks to come away with a one-point victory at home. So shout out to the Seahawks. Big win for them. But yeah, that's all I have for y'all today uh, for today's episode. Uh, week one was a huge success. It was a lot of fun. I hope y'all enjoyed it. I know I did. I had a lot of fun watching the games. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Ryan McCreary. That's the R Y A N M C C R A R Y. If you want to see more content from me, you can check out my YouTube channel at The Wire. You can check out my TikTok page at uh, The Wire's Sports underscore. Or sorry, no, that's the dot wire dot sports. Um, and then uh, you can check out my website at thewiresports.com. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Um, And I will see y'all next time. Peace.